I'm joined by Karen Danajaya. She's the founder of Bloom. Bloom is a superfood wellness brand. Their mission is to be your best friend in wellness with simple products that are easy to use and build rituals on. Their blends make delicious lattes. They're refined sugar-free, certified organic, and boosted with superfoods. Um, she's also based in Vancouver um, and they have a plastic uh, neutral commitment. I love Bloom. I think I first found it through like a coffee shop and one of my friends, one of my best friends, she used to work for Legends Hall. So she kept raving about Bloom and I've always um, love it. I don't actually drink coffee. So for me, my go-tos are matcha and chai and I love your mixes. So thank you so much for getting on, for coming on. I'm so excited to dive into your story and talk all things Bloom. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So before we get into it, I, I read that you grew up in Toronto um, and then you came to UBC for school. So I'd love to hear about that transition going from like Toronto to Vancouver and then like kind of what you studied at UBC. Sure. Um, so I actually grew, grew up just outside of Toronto in a city called Brampton. Um, most people don't necessarily know Brampton, so I always just default to Toronto. Um, so I grew up there and um, after high school, I really had no idea <laughs> what I wanted to do. So I had this concept of wanting to do something entrepreneurial. Um, I grew up in a really entrepreneurial home. My, my grandfather was really entrepreneurial and my dad was, and so was my mom. So it was definitely kind of something that was on my radar and I had kept a journal of writing down ideas. But when I graduated from high school, I just didn't know what direction or where to go. So I took a year off actually, and I did a bunch of traveling, you know, that, that gap year that, um, and I, um, and, and I ended up going to UBC because I had met someone in that travel who just spoke so highly of the campus, spoke so highly of Vancouver. And I had actually never been before, but I was just like, okay, well, she seems nice and I don't know what I want to do and and I'll go to Vancouver too so that's kind of how I ended up out here very cool um and after that you went I don't know if there was like something in between but I know that you were in commercial real estate before starting bloom why commercial real estate and then yeah and then we'll get into why you transitioned out of it mm -hmm. so I mean, when I applied to university programs, I, I, I did the full gamut because again, I was like, you know, still trying to decide what I wanted to do. And I was really conflicted between, you know, a more creative type role in pursuit versus accounting or something that was definitely going to set me up for success kind of thing. And, and so I applied to liberal arts programs, science programs, business school, and, and then, and eventually like came out to Vancouver and decided to go to the Sauter School of Business um, where I studied. It's a Bachelor of Commerce, but you specialize in different things. And, right. and I definitely was on this track of, of, you know, I need to do the responsible thing and set, me, set myself up. So um, that's how I ended up studying commercial real estate. And um, while I was in school, I had this amazing professor who, who was in the real estate program. And, and that's, kind of like how I ended up there. And, and after school, I got my first job in commercial real estate. And, and just, you know, when I was leaving school, I was kind of like, I would lick the boots of anybody who would give me a job. So that's like, I wish I could tell you it was this yeah. deep passion for real estate. Yes. And I, um, but it was really more like, you know, life taking me in a direction and me just, just going with it. 
Yeah, yeah. So I went to UVic in the business program. And for some reason, they're really focused on like a couple of different paths, like accounting, some sort of finance. There wasn't really a creative path that like the professors and the courses really taught us to go towards. So I even did like we had co-ops in our program. So I did a little bit of like real estate. I thought I was going to go into accounting, even like but right before the pandemic, I thought I wanted to go to law school. So I applied, did my LSATs. I was planning on going and then everything shut down. Um, so I didn't end up going to law school, but, or it was, sorry, it was in Australia and I was wanting to go abroad. And then I realized now I'm so glad I didn't go that path because I'm way more of a creative, but I felt like I needed to go into a career that was like deemed safe. Totally. Yeah. Know? Well, I feel like that's how school is just set up for us. You know, it's like when I was in, you know, you know, career classes in, in, in high school. And then when you go into university, you really, it's so narrow, the options that they that you're kind of informed about. And, and so I, I, I didn't like understand how many opportunities and how many options there really were at that time. And so I was definitely like finance is safe. That's like a super useful skill. I'm going to find something there. Um, so totally, totally understand that because both my parents are also accountants. So, um, that was definitely something that was like on my radar too. Yeah. Yeah. No, my entire, so I'm half Chinese and the entire Chinese side, they're all um, doctors. I think there's one accounting accountant, but like no one went to business school or anything. So they weren't, well, obviously they're supportive now, but they're like, wait, what? You're not going to UBC for like, <laughs> I was like, no, no, that's not going to be. Well, good for you for doing your own thing. I feel like I did the, I, I just did kind of what, what I had seen before, like what was laid out for me. So good for you for doing something different. Yeah. And I'd love to know like the moment when you came up for your idea for Bloom and when that kind of came to fruition, like, was it a long period? Did you think about it or did you want it to like action, make it, you know, start it right away? So when I graduated, I started uh, um, a little boutique commercial real estate firm and, and I, you know, going into it, I kind of knew that it wasn't what I wanted to do forever. Um, but I was there in the end for five years and, and I had this journal and I would, I would write up, you know, business plans for ideas and I would keep notes for ideas. And there was always like this one part of my brain that really wanted to start something, but I was sort of, I was sort of scared and, and, and not really sure how to get going. Um, and, and while I was in commercial real estate, I, it's a very relationship driven industry. So lots of coffee meetings. It's kind of like, you're always building relationships at these coffee shops. And, and I, I started to realize like how limiting the options were on that menu. Um, even though it was this place of connection and an experience, then you wanted to go there and treat yourself. Everything was still really syrup, espresso, dairy based. And, um, it was really hard to make choices there that were actually, you know, in, in support of my wellness goal. It felt very compromising. And so Bloom was really born out of that, where I was kind of suffering myself with anxiety, digestion issues, and having trouble sleeping and, and forced into these situations where it was sort of abnormal and weird to not like, can I have a glass of water when you're going for a coffee meeting is sort of like a strange (laughs) thing to do. And, and so um, Bloom was really born out of that kind of wanting to bridge the gap, like put more supportive functional alternatives on those menus. And um, I did it off the side of my desk for the first year. Cause again, I was just scared, didn't know how to get started. And then eventually I, I quit to go full in on Bloom and I'm so glad that I did. Oh my gosh. Okay. So did you have any outside help, any funding, or did you bootstrap it yourself? 
to date, Bloom is bootstrapped. So, um, so we're in about 1500 doors and we've never raised outside funding, except we do have like a loan from BDC and some like grant, um, grant situations, but, um, it was very much like there wasn't this perfect plan. There wasn't this, you know, um, you know, it wasn't like we did all these like consumer studies and insight studies to get going. It was like intuitive. It was this gut feel. I was solving a problem for myself and, and saw an opportunity and, and just like kind of followed that. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely had help in the sense of, um, I started with a co-founder and she was much more creative than I and very spontaneous. So she really helps like get the ball rolling. Um, and, but other, otherwise it was, you know, one step at a time, slow and steady. Okay. Awesome. And what about with like the mixes? Like, did you come up with that yourself? Did you have some sort of, is this like a food specialist? I don't know what it's called to just like help you out with that. So now we have a master's of nutritional science that does all our formulations. She does hundreds of iterations of every blend to make sure that they, you know, suspend the right way and have the right flavor profile and also have the nutritional impact. But um, maybe to answer that question, I'll tell you a, like our first sale. Sure. Um, I think that kind of like tells the story a little bit of how unprepared I was. Um, so in between, so I lived downtown Vancouver and I worked downtown and I had kind of this like, 20 minute walk to work in the morning. And on the way there was this, um, smoothie bar called Victoria's. And if you're in Vic, and if you're That's from true. Vancouver, you might know it. Know um, it. and I often stopped there for like a smoothie on my way to work. Mm-hmm. And I, one day I went in there and I had, you know, so, sort of started thinking about bloom and was like feeling, you know, resistant to coffee and, and was looking for alternatives. And I went in there and I talked to, I happened to talk to the owner. Like he was the person that was helping me make my smoothie that day. And, um, I asked him if he'd ever had a turmeric latte, like, did he ever think about like having it on his menu there? And he, he told me that, you know, it was something that people were increasingly asking for and that, um, he didn't really have like an easy, like, he didn't know where to get it kind of thing. Like he didn't want to make it himself and he, he didn't, he didn't have, um, he couldn't find options that were here. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, I'll do that for you. Um, I, I can do that for you. And so the first mix, like that first sale was like a blend that I had kind of like dreamed up and like made in my kitchen and in a, like in a, in a commercial kitchen. And originally it was, you know, in like a Brown craft package that we just like put together in a few weeks, but it was really just like, here's this opportunity. I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to try. And, and then the blends have progressively, like the sourcing, the mill size, all that stuff has gotten better. Um, honestly, like the product we have today is so different than what that first sale was, but um, but yeah, like all of it was like originally just like me in my kitchen. Wow. Okay. And then how did you get the word out? So now the Instagram page, for example, has nearly like a hundred K followers. That's amazing. So how did you reach that? And how did you lean into like social media to help promote the brand? Well, we didn't have, like, we hadn't raised money. Um, mm-hmm. we didn't have a budget. So we really leaned into these organic strategies that were more about like sheer willpower and time than, than, you know, throwing money at a problem. So um, so yeah, we use social, we, we worked with a lot of cafes so people could try them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, bloom is about four years old now. So it just, you know, grew slowly over time. And I think our message has always been that wellness isn't one size fit all. It's often what 
wellness or being well is portrayed as is, you know, this yogi who can do backflips and drinks green juices all day long. And um, that never felt representative for me. It was always very like, oh, my aspirational self will, will be, but it wasn't accessible. And so we wanted Bloom to be this very like hack friendly, super easy way to consume superfoods, be introduced to wellness rituals, to, to, to choose something cleaner and good for you. And so um, I think that message really resonated. So the, the following grew really naturally when that messaging got clear, where um, we wanted to be, you know, a pink latte in a world full of brown coffee sort of thing, where like wellness is often so clinical and we wanted it to be fun. And that just it hit a chord with people when they were looking to switch up their rituals and they didn't want to be lectured. They wanted a friend instead. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And I love that you have, you know, your lattes in coffee shops and I, I interviewed the founders of flowers and I know that your lattes are on there um, as well. So how did you get into selling those into certain coffee shops? Is it just Vancouver? Is it across Canada? I'd love to hear that. Um, so we work with about 300 cafes now and it's across Canada um, because we're Vancouver based. We definitely have more partners here, but it's um, we're just starting to expand into the U.S. as well. And it, it, originally what I would do is uh, and I did this for this first sale, too, is I went to like had, you know, my mix and I would go to a neighboring coffee shop or spot and order a steamed milk and have them make it up for me. You know, Uh I'd give them the powder and make up like the steamed latte. And I would literally just like walk in being like, here, try this. Uh Um, And, and emails, just like cold emailing, phone calling, showing up and being friendly and pounding the pavement. Like so many founders and entrepreneurs that I talk to now is kind of like, like what's the hack to circumvent kind of that. And, and maybe that exists, but I, I don't know about it. It was literally just like pounding the pavement, going to all these places, building relationships and, and, and bringing a product that they were looking for. Very cool. Yeah. Is that something that you like to do like the networking side of being an entrepreneur or do you like more like leading a team more internally? Yeah. I'd love to hear what is your style of like leading and starting a business? Well, um, you know, um, so two years ago, it was still just like me in the business. I was doing deliveries out of the back of my car. Yes. So, but now we're a team of 13 women and we're hundred percent remote. So the people leadership stuff has happened very recently for me. And it's something that, um, I honestly do really love, but find also like, there's like so much responsibility in that too. And I sort of don't believe that I'm in this situation. So, um, So I love the people leadership piece because, you know, I was in this career that I didn't love. I felt sort of trapped by, and it wasn't because they weren't great bosses or it wasn't a great environment. It's just like the work itself didn't light me up. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so like, I love the idea that bloom can be this place for people to discover where their strengths are, discover where they want to go. And maybe it's not at bloom, but bloom can be this like launch pad for careers most most of the people on our team are sub 30 so it's you know they're early in their careers and they're still discovering what lights them up and and at bloom like you know it's all about living intentionally and living purposefully and it was that for me and it can be that for our team so I really do love the people leadership side but um as we grow I'm also more tied up in the networking side like it's kind of like 
there's always like this pull to lead the team and this pull to represent Bloom to an external community. And right now I'm just trying to find the balance between the two. Yeah. And speaking of balance, you know, Bloom was created to help people encourage to take a moment of self-care. So now that you're in this and you're having, you're pulled different directions, having to network and lead, do you find it hard to balance having the business and then also your personal life because it's kind of your baby and are you, are you able to kind of turn the brain off or you're always thinking about ways to improve it? I definitely think about bloom a lot. (laughs) It's definitely all encompassing, but um, I also love it, you know, and it's a really exciting time for the business. And, and I, and I love the team, like we're friends. So um, I'm, I'm learning to set better boundaries, you know, like putting, putting sections in my calendar that are specifically for me and respecting them the way that I would respect a meeting with somebody else, like setting those boundaries. Um, But I I would say that I'm still in the learning phase of those boundaries, like that, um, that I know that they're important to stay creative, to stay ignited, that it's a marathon, not a sprint, but that day to day, it is hard to choose yourself when there's like more work to do sort of thing. Yeah, that's a struggle. And what does your day-to-day look like? I know it must change often, but are you mostly at home? Are you, you said you, I don't, I assume you're not doing the deliveries as much anymore. Um, so yeah, what do you do day-to-day? Yeah, now um, I work from home. The team is like hundred percent remote, um, but we get together kind of like to do tastings and mm-hmm. creative brainstorming and and that sort of stuff. I'm, I, I am like mostly in meetings. Like, so, so we do like a lot of like one-on-ones where we're talking about, you know, personal development, professional goals, but, um, also with like buyers, with brokers, with, um, you know, all the external stakeholders that kind of make a business a business. So I would say that, um, the majority of my day now is kind of like, I, I kind of like go from meeting to meeting sort of thing, um, which is tiring, which is why I'm like trying to build in like these project times and build in like personal care times. Yes. Amazing. And are most of your sales with the business, is it wholesale? Is it in the coffee shops? Is it online? Um, Yeah. I just love to know like how the business is kind of broken down. Originally it was mostly cafes and retailers. So like about, you know, March, 2020, right when the, when COVID was coming, like the pandemic was hitting um, about 80% of the business was brick and mortar. Um, and, and then obviously, um, things changed and they changed really quickly. So I took a bunch of digital marketing courses and we like really quickly pivoted the business to being more like an online retailer. Mm -hmm. And so now today the business is like 50, 50 direct to consumer and brick and mortar. And we see it growing more in brick and mortar now as people are transitioning out of the home and being, you know, in person and Facebook iOS changes have impacted that too. So, I mean, we want to be as accessible as possible to everyday consumers, both like from price point, from flavors, but also where you find us Mm -hmm. and really like the most accessible places in your, your local grocery store. Mm -hmm. So that's like where we're shifting is moving more and more to, you know, convenience settings. So it becomes really easy to choose something healthier for yourself. Okay, cool. And do you happen to know what your typical consumer is for the product? Yeah, um, mostly women, like about 90% of our audience are um, are women. And typically between the ages of like 20 and 35. Okay. So um, they're people who care about what's going into their body, want to live purposefully, want to support local female founded businesses, but aren't necessarily like nutritionists or holistic okay 
like experts and want to be introduced to clean ingredients and live better without it being kind of like bashed on the head with it, like more having like fun with those wellness rituals. We also have a lot of people who are, have like mental health, anxiety, digestive issues. Maybe they're like new moms. Um, about 68% of adult North Americans actually manage their caffeine, which is so interesting to me because we talk so little about it. Um, like we talk a lot about sugar, about gluten, um, which we should, but so many people manage caffeine for different reasons and, and often very personal reasons. Mm -hmm. And, and bloom is this like satisfying alternative to that. So anyone who's managing their caffeine is like, it blue makes sense for them sort of thing. So, yeah. Awesome. And before we get into the rapid fires, I'd love to hear, is there any upcoming launches, whether that's the rep, like the end of the year or next year that you're really excited for that you can kind of tease? Yeah, we actually have a launch coming up just like in a few months now for fall. Okay. Um, we always do our pumpkin spice in the fall, which is um, our t- like, even though it's only like two months of the year, it's actually like our best seller. And, yes, um, cause most pumpkin spices are like 20 grams of sugar. They have no pumpkin in them. You can't get them mm-hmm. vegan. So we have like this really clean al- alternative for that, but we have like a new flavor launching this fall too, which I'm so excited about. Like personally, I think it's like our best selling one. And, um, like without giving too much away, it's to support hormonal ba- hormonal balance and libido which is like, um, so I'm really, really excited about that one. Amazing. Looking forward to that. Um, do you want to do some rapid fires just then the episode? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, I'm sure you're asked always like, what's your favorite bloom latte, but I'd love to know what's the, maybe like your least favorite, not that you don't like it, but maybe you're not gravitating towards it often. For me, it's the beetroot latte. Um, I definitely don't have that one as often. And I think it speaks less and less to our overall mission. Like mm-hmm. we're really trying to recreate familiar flavors and mm-hmm. do them better. So um, personally, I really love like the Rose London, the Blue yes. Lavender, and I'm gravitating less towards the really ingredient and function driven ones. Okay, cool. Um, and what has been one of your favorite birthdays that you've had? Favorite birthday? Yes. Um, Oh my goodness. I wasn't expecting that question. Um, well, honestly, I just turned 32 Okay. and, and it was a great birthday because I, at some, I guess like at, at certain times I've had all these expectations around my birthday mm-hmm. where it's kind of like where you should be in life and how you should feel. And, you know, there, we, we kind of like grow up in like, you should be married at this stage and you should have kids and you should be this successful and should have a house. And, mm-hmm. and somehow birthdays for me have sometimes felt that way where you have like, it's like this point where you have to like gauge how you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think I've let go of a lot of that recently. And so this birthday was more about just like being with people you love. And, and so, and it like marked this like moment of personal growth where I didn't, I wasn't gauging myself next to others. I was gauging how happy I felt and like where I am today. So um, maybe it's a bit of a cheat, but my last birthday, 32. Okay, okay. <laughs> love that. Um, what compliment do you hear the most? Um, I think people always think I'm like an energizer bunny kind of like yeah. they're always like, how do you have so much energy? Especially since you're not drinking coffee, like yeah. how are you doing it? <laughs> and and um, I think it's just like generally being excited about like what I'm working on and what I'm doing, yeah. I love that. Um, what's missing from your life right now? Ooh, um, nothing. I don't, I, I refused. I, 
I, I refuse to answer. <laughs> I, I, I try really hard to live in this place where like, you know, I have everything that I need. Yes. And, and, and I think like the question of like, what's next or mm-hmm. what, what are you going to, what else can you do? is sort of dangerous. Like it teaches us to um, not be happy in the now. And it's very, very much like how our society is set up, but I'm trying really hard not to live that way. So, um, I, I refuse to answer. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, if you had $50,000 that you could use for your business, what would you do with it today? Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely more in-person events. I think, especially coming out of the pandemic, um, people crave community and, and, you know, connection more than ever. And I would love for Bloom to be this place for that, um, where, you know, and it's not about meeting up for lattes. It's about meeting up to just like live and experience things outside of our phone and off our computers and, Hmm. and just be in the present. So I would love to host field trips where it's like, okay, today we're going to go foraging today. We're going to learn how to road bike. Today is like our first day to our first time uh, climbing. You know what I mean? Like that's, yes. I want bloom to be that for people. So if we had budget, that was definitely what I would do. Wow, that's, I'm excited for that. I thought I could see that happening for sure. That's yeah. I think people, you know, are really craving adventure Oh yeah, in their own backyard. So um, I'd love for bloom to be like a catalyst for that. Yes. Um, if your life was a movie, what genre would it be? And who would you want to play you? <laughs> I think it would be um, <laughs> um, a drama, you know, like a, a, a biopic where yeah. it's kind of like this person coming into themselves and who would I want to play? Um, I have this thing about Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> I think yeah. she's amazing. Yeah. So I think that she just like leads with kindness and um, I would love for her to play me, but uh, I don't know who else it would be. Yeah. No, I like that. That's a good choice. Um, and last question, who are the three most influential people in your life? One would definitely be my grandfather. Like I mentioned earlier that he's, he was super entrepreneurial and, but also very steadfast, like very, um, like very focused with in the ups and downs and very fair. So I think I learned a lot from him in terms of um, like who I want to be. Um, I'm working with an advisor whose name's Mike Fata, and he's been super influential too, in terms of um, how to grow a business, to think bigger, to like believe in myself. So um, very, very influential. And um, another person that's been influential for me is just like my partner. Um, he's very growth minded. And so, um, I think like in certain cases I would just be like, this is who I am. <laughs> this, is, this is, and, um, but definitely like encouraged me to like, like, I, you know, when people say that they, people never change, um, that that's not my perspective. I think people can change and can adapt, can grow. And, and that's like the mentality that I want to take into kind of like, my next five years of this business yeah no I love that well thank you so much for sharing Karen that was amazing where can people find Bloom on socials and where can they purchase if they want to yeah um, you can find us at it's Bloom um, on social and it's bloom.com and we just launched a, a new sampler pack called decisions are hard so it's kind of like, like <laughs> it's for um, it's for the millennial who has trouble making choices so it's like a little sampler of all of our best-selling flavors so that would if you're new to bloom that's like the best way to discover us 
Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you so much.